tomorrow our, our first episode for the year is going to be <laughs> Comes out. Comes out. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Awesome, awesome, awesome. How was your day? It was good. Um, woke up, went hiking, decided I do not want to be fat um, anymore. So like a bunch of other broken New Year's resolution, I'm going to try this again. <laughs> so I hiked about six and a half miles for my first time out because, you know, fuck it. So my body's starting to hurt just a little bit. Just a little bit? A little bit. Uh-oh. Don't fall asleep on me. Oh, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. 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 <laughs> So anyways, yesterday, you know, when you know you've eaten just a little bit too much for the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, everything, we had all the menudo and the tamales Mm, and the pozole, like one after the other and everybody's got cookies and you name it. Desserts and yumminess. At work, yeah. Anyways, I'm getting on the couch. (laughs) Okay. And my pants ripped yesterday. No! (laughs) Tell me. Oh my God. How did they rip? (laughs) Well, not down the center, thank God. <laughs> I mean, it's just more a sign from God that I need a new pair of jeans. But <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you and Sergio were twinsies because his pants ripped at work. Oh my God! No so way. we had to, so he had to walk with his legs, you know, kind of closer than normal, which in then turn uh, reminded me because we were talking last night, and he mentioned. This hole got bigger in his shorts, and I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "You know, <laughs> the, one, the shorts that I wore to Sedona, and they showed all of my balls. <laughs> that hole got bigger, and I'm like, oh my "Why do you still have those shorts?" <laughs> okay, just a little bit of context. <laughs> so- tell the story no you go ahead no go ahead okay so we're in Sedona I think we actually mentioned the story before but we're in Sedona having a good old time it's all it's our alternative to Sedona slide rock sitting there chilling the guys you know tripped fell went down the little bumpy slopes you know lots of fun lots of fun so like a water slide definitely so my husband comes over there and he sits next to us and he's talking to me and Alma, blah, blah, blah. And as I look up, I I looked at him and I said, baby, you're not wearing any underwear, are you? And he's just like, no, why? And I'm like, because your ball's hanging out of that rip in your shorts. <laughs> Alma immediately turns red and completely turns away. I swear to God, I didn't see anything. And then as soon as you said that, I didn't even want to turn around. She and was back just in. like, oh, you should have seen her face. So she was like, oh, no. And then turned her face completely the opposite way. Franks At the and same beans, time. Franks and beans. Franks yeah. and beans. <laughs> At the same time, my husband goes, oh. And he sticks his and he crosses his legs. So that way he hides a hole. I died laughing. So he still owns his pair of shorts. I don't know why either. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to have to buy him another pair of shorts for that. But anyways, back to you. How did your pants rip? Like uh, right on my, right underneath my butt cheek in a straight line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, we got a good laugh at it last night. It was the Badunkadunk's fault. Yeah, it was totally the Badunkadunk's fault. (laughs) 
anyways, um, let's try and quickly go over what we're drinking and stuff because okay. we both have some huge stories. Yes, we do. So we are drinking Wicked 2015 Handsome Devil uh, Wicked Version Cabernet Sauvignon uh, 2015, 13.5 alcohol, nothing special. California. Um, although I thought that the tagline was pretty cute. It says, why be good when you could just be wicked good? So I thought it was kind of cute. Word. Word. So it's supposed to be bursting with black cherry, wild berry flavors, sultry notes of vanilla, and a sinfully smooth texture. Perfect to have with your partner in crime. So Ama, my partner in crime, cheers. Cheers, my dear. So I took a drink out of this and it was super dry at first, right. but it's not as dry after that. It kind of grew on me after the second one. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Although we did have about half a cup, so <laughs> struggles. Struggles. Anyways, Consumption. <laughs> oh, you know what I wanted to tell you really quick? <laughs> so remember we kept on joking around the whole uh, Don Draper and yes, Baby Cooper yes, thing yes, yes. last um, so like I'm looking for pictures so that I can post on our website and as I'm doing that, I just looked up D.B. Cooper, Dan Draper, like, because I wanted to see if somebody else, like, caught the similarities between Dan the two. Dan or Don? Don Draper. Okay. Okay. Is that what I said? Yeah. I'm like, is there somebody else I don't know about? No, no, no. Don Draper. <laughs> All right. Madman. So anyways. Fine, fine. Apparently, there was, like, a theory going on, right, like, when the episode was getting ready to end. Okay. Um, Because of, like, <gasps> all of that advertising they were doing. They were showing, like, a lot of airport scenes. No. And, like, there was that scene I did not him. watch that last season. What? Yes. Girls, look, tell me anyways. I'll forget. So well, there was you a know, bunch memory. of theories. I mean, it didn't turn out to be that way, but it was, there was a bunch of theories that he, at the end of all this, he ends up being D.B. Cooper. That was the No. The I totally theory. got to watch i'm totally in to go watch that last season now you got me i'm in <laughs> so yeah i just thought it was funny that we were making That's that association and these people were apparently like everybody laying else out, did yeah laying out all the reasons why uh don draper was db cooper that is pretty awesome so i that thought is that super was awesome. funny anyways so what what's your story okay so my story is bum, 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 oh by the way art is also ooh. Also, ooh. Yeah, because it's all right. I like it. It's nice and sparkly, but it's nothing to, you know, write home to mom about. So. Asa, ooh. Asa, ooh. Ooh, ah, ah. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to try not to talk fast, but that's just in my nature. So um, if you're pouring, Alma, you could pour me some more, too. I am happily being chauffeured tonight by my um, lovely husband. He, yeah, I forewarned him ahead of time. So, uh, my story is local. I'm doing it on Dwight Lamont Jones. So, I obviously want to thank Heavy.com and AZCentral.com because they had the most information and where I pulled out most of my information from. So, anyways, by the way, Alma, um, I'm Yvette. I'm Alma. And this is Tipsy Tales. Nice to meet you. Dang, we were in a rush today. It's I know. <laughs> Alma has to work tomorrow. I'm, I'm on vacay, so I'm like, sure. <laughs> All right. Dwight Lamont Jones. Okay, so Dwight and Connie had been married since 1988. He was a stay-at-home dad living in a million-dollar home, North Scottsdale. His wife was a uh, radiologist, um, and so they lived there with this son for several, several years. Um, in May 2009, Connie Jones had filed for divorce after 21 years of marriage. So according to her petition, um, she and her son had long suffered physical and emotional abuse by um, Dwight Jones. 
it looks like in January, and everything seems to kind of spiral down to um, 2009. So starting in January 2009, he assaulted some administrators at his then 11-year-old son's um, Scottsdale school, resulting in the school getting two separate um, harassment orders against him. The son had to be transferred to a completely different school because of it. In April, four months later, um, he actually physically attacked his wife, Connie, in front of their son because she had asked for her son to turn the TV down. Oh, wow. He told her um, that she was imposing on the child and that... and that no one had to accommodate her. So then he... What? Exactly, girl. That's what I was saying. I was like, what the hell? So anyways, he then pinned her down on the couch with his knee on her chest, which I think there were reports that he actually fractured her sternum. Oh, wow. Um, He later threatened threatened her that if she kept disrespecting him, that she would be found at the bottom of their pool. So nice, nice start, right? Yeah, nice guy. Forward another month later, where he completely comes unglued, um, May 6, 2009. Um, so his son was, his son's performance in a basketball game wasn't what he wanted, and so he kind of lost his shit. So his wife got involved, um, like, hey, fucking, I don't know, stop talking to my son that way, or whatever the, whatever she said to get involved into this scenario. So um, for whatever reason, she had tape recorders around her house. And so the argument they had was so intense that he, the little boy actually had an acute asthma attack because it just got so gnarly. Said the father um, threatened his son, telling him, if you get smart with me, I'll knock your fucking head off. But then he attacked his wife pretty much for protecting their son. Wow. During the divorce hearings, the attorney Elizabeth Feldman um, described in court records that he became physically violent to her, pushed her, backed her into a wall, hid her face with his forearm. He threatened to kill her and told her, I'll take you out to the motherfucking pool and drown you. And that she was just going to be a dead piece of shit in there. So as you can tell, this is a lovely, lovely guy. Oh, God. So they got issues. He's got issues. He has a shit ton of issues. So despite pleading with him after all this is happening, he did not give a shit and still made his kid go out there and play basketball. So on the audio tape, though, um, you could hear him, it, you could hear him actually threatening Connie Jones saying, fucking call 911. I dare you pick up that motherfucking phone. And I'll show you what's going to happen, bitch. It looks like he had made just threats that he would kill her in the time that the police would actually get to their house if she was going to call night, if she called 911. God, what a piece of shit. Right. I'm just, it's just like awful. I felt so bad enough to reading this. Says she was able able to secretly call 911 and get out of the house, but then the little boy ended up staying um, at the house still. I call him a little boy. I think he's like 11, 12 at this point still. After she called called the police, police came down, son was in the house. There ended up being a standoff for approximately one hour during the time where the, the dad continued to just physically terrorize this child. Um, well, the cops are there. Yeah. So he's emphasizing to the kid that that they could both die in this incident. He's um, saying, communicating that, communicating sexual allegations about the mom to the child, and then directing the child to completely lie to the police that the mother abused him. What? He's fucking. He, he fucking has several. Okay, marbles. please tell me he went to jail. We're getting there. 
uh, says, so amongst the, um, the, you know, the, the great things he was telling his son at this point, she, he actually was telling the son, um, she's a nasty fucking whore. She's got these cops out there getting ready to kill me. Your mom wants me to die. She wants you to die. Um, this fucking whore doesn't care about you at all. Cause you imagine this poor kid, just how mentally, emotionally fucked up this is for this, for this kid. I just, ugh. Imagine. So when he finally does come out, the little, the young kid was just, he was just, you know, inconsolable. But of course, being Dwight Jones, being the fucking father of the year, it doesn't stop him from using him like a shield while he's coming out of the house. So they said that, um, that Dwight would actually say that the, the child wasn't a shield, that he was just afraid of the police and the guns were pointed at him because he's African American. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> he's a complete douchebag. So I, I was just like, what the hell? So at this point in time, obviously he's taken into custody. I think they actually did an emergency, um, emergency. They took him into emergency custodial, but in their like mental unit, if I remember correctly on the stories that I was reading, they may actually say a little bit later on after I'm finished reading this. So Connie and her son obviously moved to a more secure home. She filed for divorce, um, custody. And so, and the judge issued an order of protection requiring him, requiring him to give him, give up his guns as well. Oh, here it is. So he was arrested for disorderly conduct and then taken for an emergency psychiatric evaluation. So he was in there for almost a month. Um, on May 28th, he was set free, and then the courts allowed him two hours of super, supervised visitation to his son. Which what? I'm like, what the fuck? Are you serious? No. That's what I said. Oh my god. This kind of shit, like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense when they do stuff like that. I agree. I totally 100% agree. I mean, supervised, unsupervised? It's supervised. They're but two hours, but it doesn't even matter. I mean, if you're going to do what you're going to do, regardless. He terrorized his son in front of police. Police. Standoff. Use him as a shield. Do you really think he has poli- any yeah. regard? Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Okay. So something tells me he didn't get rid of his guns. Well, we're not getting there. I think he actually might have, but it didn't say it in the story, so... So, um, during the divorce proceedings and everything like that, of course, genius that Dwight Jones is represents himself during his divorce case so (laughs) of course he did (laughs) right by late 2009 um the mother was asking to terminate his visitations to the son saying that he was becoming increasingly unstable and both him and her actually feared for their lives because um apparently she had like a four million dollar life policy on her and so he would actually herself she was afraid that he would go and kill her specifically to get that insurance money so she didn't trust him as far as she could fucking well throw yeah him, apparently of course, right especially after all the threatening and shit like that right. so among other things that kind of worried her is that he actually um he actually purchased a machete and a handwritten outline of her uh, of yeah, her somebody way somebody with work. that mentality does not need a machete <laughs> how no. What do you need a machete for? I mean, You're like, you ain't cutting trees. Exactly. What the fuck? You're not in a jungle. No. 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 So yeah, so he per- he bought a machete and then a handwritten map outlining her roots to work with a depiction of bodies lying around the book on... Re- line- oh, let's try it again. With depiction of bodies lying about and books that he had purchased in regards to revenge. Okay. And, 
And she doesn't just pick up her shit and leave. No, she's gone. Okay. But she still have she's she's having to deal with them on some certain level, oh, okay. I guess. Okay, that's right. That's okay. Right. So um they're also some of these things are also including um some sort of like um book or, or information in regards to how to make a car bomb. Because that's icing on the cake. Another book actually that she saw in his possession offered advice on how to psychologically prepare yourself and live with killing somebody. Oh my god. So you can imagine her fucking just absolute terror in regards to this asshole. So she has a restraining order on him and all that? Yeah. Tell me. It doesn't really matter. It's a piece of paper. Like they show up and they do what they want. So you still have to call 911 and in between that time, like what happens? Exactly. So I think that's the reason why she had, she was trying to be in a secure different locations. So, but check this out. Um, Even though she requested for visitations with her son to to actually stop his, her request was actually denied. What? Mm Mm-hmm. So get this, and in 2010, she, um, like I said, she actually also requested um, permission to relocate out of state, but then that was completely denied too because it meant that the father, um, it would deny the father access to the son, and it wouldn't, and it would and rightfully so. Right. <laughs> I mean, obviously, hello, ding, 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 common sense. Um, it would, it, so that said, deny the father access to his son, and it wouldn't meaningfully, wow, let's try that again, meaningfully. <laughs> okay, so what it meant is that it would not improve the general quality of life for the mother or the minor child, which I'm like, oh my God, um, could this be a big fucking picture, bright lights shouting, let them I mean, fucking they move. have access to the whole case file and everything, and they yeah. came to that conclusion. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting there too. So within that same year, um, Maricopa County Court Judge Pamela Gates grants a divorce, finally, fucking finally, and then awarded full custody of the mom, rightfully so, um, citing the father's violence and abusive behavior and his untreated medical illness. But the judge continued to allow him to have supervised visits. For fuck's sake. And check this out. This is oh gonna be. God. This is gonna fucking. This is cherry I'm on the fucking so cake. I'm just you, listening to this. I hear you. I was. I was so passionate about this. I'm trying not to talk fast, okay, but I'm sorry. like, what the fuck? No, 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 no apologies. It's fine. <laughs> so, although you know, she um, she still allowed him to have these supervised visits, and because she was a doctor and he was a um, at home hu- um, husband, she had him paying six thousand dollars a month in spousal support support to him as well. I'm fucking bullied. I'm like, I, I'm like, exa- I, I hear you. There's like a loss for words. So terrorize her. This is like- fuck her up. But by all means, you still have to give the person who's causing you all this fucking bullshit spousal support on top of it. It's, it's just absolutely adding ridiculous. insult to injury. I'm telling you. They still gave him supervised visits despite Dr. Selmy's and Dr. Pitt's um, reports in regards to his mental status. Right. Um, and so Dr. Pitt actually testified um, in, during the couple's divorce hearing that Jones had anxiety disorder, mood disorder, and features antisocial, narcissistic, and paranoid personality. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great mix right there. Oh, great, right? All of them. With the machete in hand. Um, he also testified that the, the father actually posed a high risk to perpetuate violence against his um, child or the mother of his child. Uh, Dr. Selmy, meanwhile, wrote that Jones was in need of psychiatric help and is going to continue to unravel. He will become increasingly paranoid, likely psychotic, and pose an even greater threat. This is all happening in 2010. 
when they're done saying this. So, again, all I can think is tick, 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 because yeah. you know he's going to fucking he's lose his bomb. shit. And he's a time bomb. You know, in order to please all parties in this divorce hearing, the, the Judge Gates orders Jones to undergo psychiatric evaluation in 2010. Um, but imagine our surprise when he just doesn't, he don't give a fuck and just isn't going to do it anyways. Of course he's not. He's a narcissist. And which have to follow the rules. No, and what kind of shows, it kind of goes to show you that a lot of the court systems just really can't do much in regards to making somebody go do something if they don't want to. When you're dealing with somebody with this level of yeah, crazy, dis- like... despite all the warnings, despite the doctor concerns, I mean, they just don't follow up on it. It's just not what they do, so... Well, and the resources aren't there. Like, no. Because, I mean, it's probably not a... There's, it's probably rampant, like that kind of behavior and that kind of stuff. I mean, that many just court cases and so on and so just, forth. I mean, yeah, from people we've known growing up or throughout our lives and the kind of stuff that they've had to deal with, it's just probably pervasive. I agree. So, um, like I said, so he ignored it. Yeah, he ignored it for the next four years. Um, courts obviously didn't do anything about it. They just didn't keep tabs. So in the court records, it says that um, Dwight and Dr. Selmy and Dr. Pitt accepted his wife's account. Oh, I'm sorry, because he's defending himself. So let me go back a little bit. He said that Dr. Selmy and Dr. Pitt accepted his wife's account of the relationship without question because she's a doctor. Okay. And so his quote is, um, a father, my, me being a father is not part of the doctor's club. Um, was and so that's what his t- attorney mentioned as well. Uh, father does not have a does not have the resources the mother has to spent to manufacture a case against him. I'm like okay, so in that time period from the from um 2010 up until last year because this all happened last year, he posted several videos to, videos to YouTube. He accused the, his wife of crimes of taking his son away from him. One of the videos actually um, was titled "Exposing Low Lives," and then in his description in an open letter in a in one of the videos it said an open letter to my son. Um, I have not seen him to 2011 because his mom took him away from me. I caught her molesting him, told her I was leaving her, and she got a lawyer before me, set me up for death, and the rest is history. Because, you know, on top of fucking insult to injury and giving her spousal support and, her, and him terrorizing her, he fucking has to be a dick about all this shit as well. Right. And of the course. victim, of course. Of course. So um, they actually went back and they said there was no evidence um, stating that the mom, Connie, was actually molesting the son at all. It was just a bunch of shit he fabricated. So um, not only did he have the YouTube um, and the Facebook, but he also had a Twitter account that he actually continued to put a bunch of shit on as well. It looks like he promoted the 18 videos on his YouTube, which included more than 10 hours of footage, um, tweeting links, uh, several new to sweet tweeting links to several news organizations. Like he's obsessed. Yeah. He's like for years from 2010 up until last year. Yeah. That's, that's it's a fucking long insane. time to be stewing on some crazy shit, man. Girl, but you don't have anything else going in your life that's what you're going to fucking stew about. I mean, some people just have those fucking sick-ass personalities and psychoses that... And I say some because as we're talking about, you know, him being a jerk, it's and we understand that people have mental health issues because I suffer from anxiety as, you know... I really suffer from anxiety, so it's not to belittle anything that they're doing. It's just he's just an asshole. Right. So, cool. so 
So in one of his tweets, he actually um, would tag CBS5 investigate, um, just like Dr. Nassau and Dr. Tidnell, Connie P. Jones of Scottsdale has molested my son. Lovely. That's insane, isn't it? Then, after all this and putting all this out, he shows another video. This time, though, he has a white mask on. I'm I mean, like, can she get him for defamation of character or something? Like, that's... I don't even know if she doesn't even want to just fucking touch that at all. It's like sticking your hand on the fire. Right. So he's actually um, in a white mask, again, pretty much saying the same shit. You know, she got, she molested my son. She got away with it. Um, he actually um, posted an interview conducted as part of his court proceedings with his wife. And he actually titled it, interview with a lying female doctor slash child molester. So he was just being complete dick, just fucking just constantly terrorizing her. So again, last year, May 31st, 2008... Witnesses told police that they had heard a loud argument and gunfire of gunfire outside of Dr. Stephen Pitt's office. When the officers arrived, the 59-year-old had been shot and killed. Dr. Stephen Pitt, a well-known forensic psychiatrist in the Valley, conducted a court-ordered psychiatric evaluation on Dwight eight years oh, earlier during his, that divorce case. Dr. Pitt, 59, assisted in the investigation into the 1999-6 death of six-year-old John Benet Ramsey, who was found dead in her home in Boulder, Colorado. And if I remember correctly, I think he was living in Colorado at that time. A decade later, he also helped police, um, Phoenix police um, with their investigation with the baseline killer. He also worked um, investigation of the Columbine High School massacre. Oh, wow. He's got the a... The Deer Creek Middle School shooting. Resume. and Kobe Bryant sexual assault case. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. A lot of well-known, high-profile cases. So, shot and killed. Um, the following day, um, officers responded to reports of a shooting at a Scottsdale law office. Police said one of the women who had been shot in the head ran outside and told a limo bus driver to call 911. The woman was transported to a nearby hospital where she later died. They ended up following her trail of blood back to where she had started and they had found a second woman inside that law office dead as well. The victims were 48-year-old Valeria Sharp and 49-year-old Laura Anderson. Oh, wow. The law offices was targeted because Jones's wife, attorney Elizabeth Feldman, worked there. She was a partner at the firm. Um, Elizabeth Feldman was not in the office at that time, so they weren't quite sure whether or not the he attacked the paralegals because they were helping um, the attorney at that time, or if they just happened to be there and he just didn't give a shit and just started shooting whoever was there. So the next day, Saturday, so this started on Thursday, so it's Thursday, he kills um, Dr. Pitt, he kills these um, two young paralegals on Friday, then on Saturday, June 2nd, 2018, um, counselor Marshall Levine, psychologist, hypnotherapist, and life coach was found shot to death inside his office building. Levine wasn't even working on Dwight's case. Um, he was actually, Dwight was actually looking for the therapist who had previously worked in that office. Um, but they had partnered up in that office. So when he actually shared a office with Karen Coble, his son's counselor, who he had believed tried to turn, um, his son against him. 
so that poor doctor didn't have. I mean, not that any of the doctors needed to have anything wrong with it, right. but she it was she wasn't it even was there. It was it was place, just, I think time. it was subleasing subleasing that facility or partners something to that effect. So on Monday morning, uh, Mary Simmons seventy and Brian Thomas seventy two were found shot to death in Fountain Hills. It's not clear how they. Um, why they were shot, why they were killed, but they ended up saying that at one point in time he was either a tennis coach or they would play tennis with this this older um couple. Who the fuck knows what their yeah. what their connection to that was that. Could be somebody that just looked at him wrong or made a comment. Or... Well, and it's weird because they said that all six of them were in somehow a former way involved with this divorce case, but these two people they didn't elaborate in how. So was she just nice? Did she mention that her husband had a gun? Was it kind of something to that effect? Character just, witness, something. Who knows? As Connie, um, Connie Jones, um, she's now married to Rick Anglin, who was a former police officer when they actually met. It looks like um, the lawyer, um, her lawyer had actually um, hired him to conduct surveillance and security because this guy's a fucking nutbag. Right. And um, so... He actually was looking at all these people that are dying on TV and, and you know, being um, shown in the media, so on and so forth. So he's like, wait, 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 wait the fuck a minute. And he actually links the fact that that has something to do with your divorce. That person has something to do with your divorce. That's the office. That person is another office that had to do with your divorce. So he immediately calls the Phoenix police, and I believe she calls the Scottsdale police. Right. Because now... She's fucking like, what the fuck? She comes out on the news after all this fucked up tragedy happens. And she says, you know, um, this is a tragedy that has profoundly affected me and my son. Firstly, because we know that we were the primary targets for Dwight Jones and are great and are very grateful to be alive today. She said that she felt great sorrow for the families and the victims of the six innocent people killed at the hands of this maniac. So she goes on to say um, later on um, that she said that um, he would actually, Dwight Jones would actually tell her that he owned her and that he would kill her if she ever left him. It didn't matter how long it took. He would wait years till she put her car, till her guard was down, and then he before he would actually seek his revenge. That's so crazy. Um, she and said sad. that it's very For sad. Can you imagine that are living just caught just up in this bullshit, this crazy person? That's just insane. I can't. I mean, God, can you imagine? Talk about anxiety. Fucking. I just. I had almost had an anxiety just thinking of. I had well, lots of anxiety I, just thinking about this. Well, and then like li- have, being in, in a shoes. marriage like that, always like looking over your shoulder, just knowing what this person is capable of. Like when you're married to somebody, you know the deep, dark, Uglies. dirty of what is in somebody's heart. So yeah, I can't even imagine what it was like for her. Like, how did she even practice? Like her. Ma- and she was with them for 21 years. So how long did she have to walk on eggshells? I mean, since he obviously didn't treat his mental um, disease, was it? Did it just get worse? Was it always like this? Because they don't say too much about the marriage before this. Before this started last year in January, right? She I mean, did, did something to set it off, or well, that's the thing. They they don't know what set off the killing spree. They did specifically said that they said for whatever reason though he was just he just. He was in. He was doubted why it took eight years, why it didn't take two years, five years, whatever the case may be. Well, he'd already obsessed over everything, so... Yeah, so it was just a time bomb. He himself Not, crazy. Yeah. He just, it was a, he was a time bomb, just ready to come off. And the, and the worst part is he was a patient time bomb. So, I mean, none of these people would have... He would have been on anybody's radar that he was going to kill them, attack them. Right. 
So um, what she did say was that she felt that his death was the best thing to come out of this tragedy. So Sad, she act- but true. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because she doesn't have to look over her shoulder anymore. Yeah, because he ended up, um, he ended up, they ended up tracing him back after they gave him the tips and so on and so forth um, to a hotel in Scottsdale. So um, he, the police surrounded them. Um, they evacuated all the people in the nearby rooms. And then that during the, during the time that they were doing that, they actually heard shots fired. And then they went in to find in his room that he had, he had shot himself. So, but the police didn't shoot at him. He it was specifically just a self-induced gunshot. What was she, his profession? What did he do? I don't know. Honestly, getting six thousand dollars a month, he probably didn't do anything except obsess with obsess with all this time bullshit. On your hands to, oh wow. So, and again, I didn't really, I didn't say too much in the resources that I actually found. I didn't say what he did on the side or anything like that, uh, except for the the couple he killed. Um, you know, being their tennis coach, but that's about it. That was the most random. Yeah, but I felt really bad when I actually um, kept on reading the ghost saying um, that Connie actually had described um, her ex-husband as her own personal terrorist, that she and her current husband, they would actually vary their routes to their home. They used three separate um, safe houses. They rented cars um, and everything like that because they were so afraid that he was going to target her and her son. And they were right. Yeah. They said they had four court order protections taken out on him, um, 2009, 2010, 2011, and 2012. That's right, because they expire after a while, right? Yeah, so because they always felt that he was going to be a continued threat. So, well, and obviously um, he was. It's insane, though. Can you imagine her, I mean, with all that being said, can you imagine sitting there watching this and being like, wait, I know that person, and wait. I know that law firm, you know, or I know that location right. and then putting and then all of a sudden it clicking and everything being put together. And you're like, like what the oh fuck? Because they must have been on high alert for Lord for obviously the last eight years. Right. Do you know what I mean? If they had to have three separate safe houses and alternate and vary their routes to work back and forth. I mean, that's something that is an anxiety that nobody should have to live with. That would fucking age somebody like a motherfucker. So yeah, it could make you insane. Yeah. Having to deal with that. And then all these people like that are involved in separate parts of the divorce case and all that stuff. Like you never think of, I don't know, maybe, maybe they do being involved with something like that, like profiling somebody and all those different things, like how that could end up coming back at you. Yeah. So That's it's crazy. insane, That's but sad. yeah, well he killed himself. He's not but sitting he somewhere. So many people. God, it's, a, it's awful. It is sense. absolutely awful, but at least <sighs> yeah. they didn't, at least uh, not that you could ever take anything positive out of this experience at all, but like I said, it was a blessing that at the end of the day, she and her son finally got some peace. Unfortunately, it was just a tragic, tragic scenario. At the expense of, at the expense of, of a lot of very innocent people. So. so that was my story on Dwight Jones. That's interesting. You know what? That's how much I don't pay attention to the local news anymore. <laughs> yeah. And this just happened last year. Yeah. It's just that's, twists that's and turns, sad. and it was like, holy shit, because we're actually um, reading some of the, and like, oh, somebody got killed, and you know, you hear that in the newspaper all the time, and oh, somebody else, but then when they started linking everything, it was just insanity. So what's your story, Alma? Well, something I've been wanting to do for a while. Okay. And I just wanted to put all the pieces together, because it was such a big story. Remember we talked about this before when I was researching um, Bigfoot and Skinwalkers and yes, all that. Ma'am. It kept coming up in like my research. Okay. Skinwalker Ranch. Ooh. 
Ooh. So, I know you kept mentioning it, so I'm anxious. I'm yeah. anxiously waiting here. So this is this has been one of the ones I've been wanting to Do? get to. Yeah. Um, Skinwalker Ranch, Sherman Ranch, it's more commonly known as Skinwalker Ranch. It's uh, been dubbed the UFO Ranch for reasons I'm going to get into here, of course. The ranch itself has a well-known and also well-documented paranormal reputation um, now. It is located in the West Uinta County and borders the Ute Indian Reservation, basically northeastern Utah. Okay. This area in general has a 50-year reputation of strange and paranormal events. It is basically the holy grail of paranormal and unexplained events. Okay. Which include UFO sightings. Poltergeist activity, interdimensional portals. Okay. A giant, indestructible mutant wolf. What? No. Yes. Are you sure? Skinwalker activity, Bigfoot sightings, strange orbs, cattle mutilations, crop circles, no. other stra- and a whole bunch of other stuff. That's insane. All in this totally one insane. area? Yeah, totally. So right off the bat, let's get is, into this. Is it like a black hole or a portal to another dimension or what's going on there? Yeah, well, that's what they're trying to figure out. All right. So, so right off the bat, um, Skinwalker Ranch, the name of the ranch, which some attribute to the Navajo legend of the Skinwalker. Okay. So we've already talked about the Skinwalkers before and specifically the Navajo Skinwalker legend in episode four of our podcast. So I'm going to just briefly recap this. Okay. A skinwalker is a form of Navajo witch, not to be confused with Navajo healers. Basically, they are malevolent and have the ability to disguise themselves as an animal, and in some cases, other human beings. Okay. I remember that. Remember us talking about that? Like that That's and they creeped can me the hell out. Also reach superhuman speeds, like chasing after cars. Yeah, I remember mind all control, that. Mind control, all that stuff. Anyways, that being said, the legend of the skinwalker in the Uinta Basin area started in the 1800s. Um, during the Civil War, some Ute members allegedly took orders from Kit Carson and took sides in a battle against the Navajo. And this results in the Navajo putting a curse on the land. Okay. Oh, interesting. According to legend. Okay. The belief is that a skinwalker came into being as a result of the curse. And it still resides in the heart of the basin known as Shadow Canyon. Interesting. So local tribe members avoid that area like the plague because they don't want to piss it off. So it's either adjacent or okay. on the land, bordering the land. So how big is this piece of land that all these phenomenons are happening? Uh, it's about 480 acres. Oh, wow. It's yeah. a big piece of land. Like I said, tribe members avoid that area like the plague. Okay. So let's start with the Sherman family. Terry and Gwen Sherman purchased the property in 1994 in hopes of starting a cattle ranch. Terry's a cattle rancher um, and he has a unique scientific approach to breeding cattle. And, you know, she's been a banker for about 20 years and they buy this ranch in hopes of, you know, starting a new life, yeah, getting their own business going. They have two kids. They're approaching this. They're like looking forward to their new life on this ranch. The ranch itself, like I said, it sits on 480 acres of land in the basin area. It's bordered by the Uinta and Uray Indian reservations. And basically it sits in the shadow of a long red rock ridge. Okay. The previous owners, the Myers, they lived there since the 1930s and until up until when Mrs. Myers passes in 1987. The Shermans, you know, they get this land and they're a little bit puzzled as to why it sat for so long because it's like prime real estate. 
And it was unoccupied for about seven years. So anyways, they're about to find out. (laughs) So did they, did the previous owner even mention all this stuff going on? No, but I did read somewhere where like, somewhere in the fine writing of the contract of purchasing the land, they were told not to dig unless they requested special permission from the previous owners but the previous owners were dead so i don't i kind of just discarded that because that was the only place i really saw that so you didn't know how it was true or something that was just kind of added in for but i'm just saying it now like i didn't put it in my notes yeah okay so pretty much immediately they start having issues there's three homesteads spread out on the property um a collection of buildings old and mostly dilapidated and the Shermans move into the main property, like a ranch house. Okay. Like a cabin. When they move in, I kid you not, they find heavy iron stakes with metal chains at each end of the house. I think it was... That's somewhere strange. I read it was what like the on was the four ca- corners of the house. So in their minds, they're thinking somebody owns some big dogs and they move this dog around or they own a big dog and they move this dog around, you know, like when it gets hot or whatever, when the sun's like, whatever. I don't know what the so reasoning So my, my child mind is thinking, is the house going to float away? <laughs> no. Is it like up? Well, I don't know, you know, because some of the shit going on here, like it's, it's pretty crazy. These stakes have metal chains at each end of the house, leading you to believe that they had some huge dogs there to guard them from something outside the house. It's anchoring it down. Also, they immediately noticed that inside of the house, doors had huge deadbolts. Okay. With padlocks. And pretty much every door in the house had one inside and out. Really? Yes. So the very day they moved into the house, right from the get, they're out and they're unloading cattle and stuff. And a large wolf approaches them. And it wasn't what you would consider like a normal wolf. Okay. I mean, it basically came up to um, chest height. And these... Ah, damn. To the guys. Okay. That, um, the Shermans. Like a dire wolf? Terry Sherman and his dad. Yeah, that's exactly what came to mind. Dire wolf. Yeah, exactly. Huge, a dire wolf. And actually, they they were talking about direwolves in one of the articles that I read. <laughs> I'm totally um, like into like almost every episode of Game of Thrones right now. So I'm like, direwolf? Eyes no, I open. can't wait. I can't wait. April. April. We're going to do something. We got to do something. All right. Anyways. So, wolves, so this wolf approaches them. They're out there uh, unloading cattle. And, you know, at first they're a little apprehensive. You know, it's a wolf. Right. And it's a fucking big ass wolf. Yeah. But it starts like it. It's just has this non-threatening behavior that kind of like makes them let their guard down. Um, okay, so first of all, yeah, this is like, I know I'm where like, you're going because I'm reading this. I'm like, my guard will never be down. Like motherfuckers, please. <laughs> you're afraid of my dogs. I can't exactly. even imagine a and wild wolf. Height, maybe mid thigh, but <laughs> be like, back up, back Rub. up, back up, back up. I need adults. I need an adult as I'm as I'm pounding up against a slide door. <laughs> so yeah, they must. These guys must be some grizzly, hardened guys because they're unless like, they sort of talked. Well, even at that, I'd be like, motherfucker, I gotta go. <laughs> so yeah, it, I, it some of the behaviors it was like nuzzling up against them, like it was acting like it had been somebody's pet. So okay. I think that's what they started thinking. Girl, and they, they let down close to nuzzle against no, them. They let down their guard enough. that the mother Gwen goes over and she's like tells the kids who'd been sitting on the truck bed like kind of back like yeah no I'm gonna stay over here and she calls him over what the fuck 
and they're no. petting the wolf. They're even no, yeah, and they're even asking if they can keep it as a pet. No, 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 that's insane. So the dad says, "Uh, no, I have like all this prized cattle over here. There's no fucking way I'm leaving a predator around my." Animals, oh yeah, so. fuck the kids. So <laughs> the as kids he's thinking that, eat the kids. So as he's thinking that, this wolf goes over to the pen, and one of the cattle that they've just unloaded is sticking it, and they're calves, they're baby. Yeah, calves. Baby yeah, cows. so they're like he's sticking his head through the fence, like and he sees it, and he goes straight towards it, grabs its head, and starts yanking at it, trying like viciously trying to no! pull, yeah. pull it off. So just seconds before, they're petting the goddamn thing. <laughs> You're like, fucking kids, get back in the truck. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they can't get it to, like, let go of the, the calf. Okay, so, they have a wrench. Do they have a gun? Yeah. Terry Sherman tells his kid to go get his, uh, what was it, a magnum. So he has a magnum. He brings him his magnum, and he shoots at the wolf. And it barely even, it doesn't even... It's not even fucking phased. It's like deflecting. Yeah. Point blank. He shoots two bullets into this wolf. Point blank. And it's not even fucking phased. That would just piss him off. It's like a bear. Yeah. So he shoots it again. Kind of a little bit. Kind of backs up a little. But he doesn't let off of the Holy calf. Holy shit. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. So shoots the goddamn thing again. And he knows he's, he, he hits its heart. Okay. It kind of like looks at him. Did he say sana sana colita de rana? Because <laughs> that might have helped at that point. Point the magnum. Point Throw blank. Some salt they're, at him. they're not that far away from him. Oh I my mean. God, that's insane. So his dad, who had been helping him, the older Sherman, had been helping him also unload all this cattle that day. And he's with them. And so he goes, says, fuck this. <laughs> You think? He goes and gets well, a shotgun. Well, there's a smart man. Yeah, goes and gets a shotgun, and he unloads on the sin. And finally, like, hair and skin just start, like, flying everywhere, and he knows he's, like, landed. Like, he, he knows he's got it. And it kind of just, like, steps back a little bit, looks at him. <laughs> oh, my God. And the wolf doesn't charge any of the family at all? You would think. I would think at least. Fuck that noise. No, but this whole time go, it doesn't. Go grandpa. The, the whole time it does it. Yeah. So like I said, Terry's father goes and he gets his shotgun and he shoots it. And you know, what, you know, it's funny is that you sit there and you think, well, well you catch your spot is that you sit there and you think women who have boys, it changes them and makes them stronger. Right. But men who have little girls, it changes them too. Because he was like, fuck this. <laughs> Bam. Exactly. So, like I said, Terry's father, he had gone and got his shotgun and he shoots at it and the flesh and fur is everywhere. But instead of falling down and dying. He multiplies. Yeah, he backs off. No! No, 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 no. no. He doesn't multiply. No, 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 no. I was like, that's a grand one. No. He backs off a few more feet, stares them down with his icy blue eyes. Oh, my gosh. And all I can think of is is Denzel Washington in uh, Training Day in Training Day and he says shit you can shoot me but you can't kill me damn right <laughs> that's all I can How think of when I'm reading I'm this I'm King Kong of this motherfucker or exactly, something like that yeah. anyways so he takes aim shoots one more goddamn time and he hits it in the chest it stares them down again and finally it just slopes away 
It doesn't die. They hit it Holy in the chest. Shit. I don't know how many I'm times. Like, I, that thing you, should be dead. I don't even know what to tell you at this point. That w- I would be like, we got to move now. No, that was the day That's they moved insane. in. That's insane. That was their introduction to the ranch. Well, welcome home. And it should be foreshadowing as to what comes next. So that that's the wolf story, but I also mentioned the poltergeist activity, and I want to discuss a few of the Sherman's encounters briefly because there's a ton of, of this to cover, and we just don't have enough time today. Dang, um, that's insane. So I mentioned the deadbolts. Okay. In the house. Also, there was, in the center of the house, there's this long hallway, and it has two entry points, right? There's deadbolts at the end of... Each Both one. of these entry points. But in this ha- long hallway, there's a closet. Oh, no. Which is also dead bolted, but from the inside. Oh, no. This is the house. Imagine you, you moved into this no, house and no. there's dead bolts that in every insane. room. That is insane. Why? Why? My thoughts exactly. Why? <laughs> and why is why? there a dead bolt in the closet inside in the center of the, the house? <laughs> well, you I, know what, though? I'm not sure what's worse, inside or outside. But there's dead bolts everywhere else in the house. So, like, is it, it has to pass certain levels. Like, what the hell? I don't even know what to tell you. But I'm just <laughs> saying, outside makes me think they're, they have somebody in captive. Inside makes me think that they're hiding from somebody. So I'm not sure what's worse. Right. Exactly. As far as the poltergeist activity, pretty much what you expect from poltergeist activity, things moving from one place to the other, doors opening and slamming. In one instance, uh, Gwen gets home from the store. And imagine you're living on a a freaking ranch out in the middle of nowhere. The nearest store is not very close. She probably shops for like a month or so full worth of food. So um, she unloads all these groceries. It takes her a while puts everything in every cabinet whatever like she's oh no not spent cabinet all this action. time oh no that creeps me out she finishes she folds the grocery bags puts them on the counter goes to the restroom briefly comes back and all the groceries are back inside the bags no girl fuck no i'm i would be out of there oh no that creeps me out like no other fuck first of all i don't know if i would have been more creeped out or more pissed off after all (laughs) i'm gonna go creeped out any sort of cabinet action always freaks me out right so and then there's other things that are going on pretty much this entity is like almost like um it it fucks with them it like it's like it's a game to it it like takes the salt and puts it in this pepper shaker and the Pepper puts it in the salt shaker. Like, it just does, moves random things in the house. Like, they're dealing with all this kind Can of stuff. Can you imagine this ghost being like, hey, fuck, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Unscrewing all the salt and I pepper know. so when they go to just put it on their food, it all falls off all over it. I don't That's know. insane. Reminds me a little bit of um, the Sixth Sense. Yeah. It's insane. So, yeah, and yeah, they'd probably be an OCD person's nightmare. <laughs> Especially when you think you've done something, you're like, Wait a minute. And then you'd be doing it over and over again and then going back and checking to make sure you did it. And I don't know. I might be a little OCD. Fucking that would piss me off and freak me out at the same time. Yeah. So there's that. Okay. All right. Other like random stuff. They'd wake up in the middle of the night and the whole entire ranch would be lit up like a football field. What? Yeah. Like and couldn't figure out where the lights coming. The lights coming. Oh, no. I was like, oh, that's going to be my next question. Where did they have lights? Also, You're like, nope. bright lights would appear beaming from the ground from the sky or 
from the ground to the sky. <gasps> like, kind of like those searchlights. Yeah. But just, oh, like, splayed. No. Like, yeah. Tell me they didn't have a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't have a cornfield. Oh, no. But they had a lot of land, and they had a lot of brush, and a lot of places for things to hide, so. That's no good. They At times, they would hear what sounded like earth-moving machinery coming from inside the ground. Unexplainable. Oh, no. Yeah. That's the devil. <laughs> You and the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, another thing it did was... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. And sometimes while out in the pasture, they would hear mysterious voices floating in the air above them. Like, just out of nowhere. Random That's insane. shit. That, that, that honestly is just absolutely insane. And there was even more than that. And I didn't... Because I knew I had to condense did this. Did the voice there say anything so... in particular? Not that they mentioned. If you just build like... it, it will come. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. <laughs> No. <laughs> so on top of all this, they stay. They've dropped so much money into the ranch and like, you know, they've invested I can't imagine how much in debt. Kind of like that story that you mentioned. I don't, can't remember the name. Where it's just a single mom living in this house. I mean, sometimes you're just financially oh, tied to something. Yeah. Like the Anfield pol- poltergeist. Yeah. You, uh, it's just not easy to walk away from things as much as you say you'd leave. Right. Um, I'd leave. Yeah. Fucking... I, you you had me at deadbolts and indestructible wolves. You can't squeeze, can't squeeze, squeeze water out of a rock. Go ahead, but their prize cattle starts to be attacked as well, and that's money right there. Wow, that starts hitting their bottom line. There are cattle mutilations and cattle disappearances. I read that it's normal for a rancher to typically lose about one percent of their cattle during a bad year. Okay. The Shermans lose about 20% over the course of 20 months. Holy shit. Yeah. So it was pretty significant. One day as they were heading off the property, Terry says out loud that they would be in big trouble if they even lost one of those bulls because they're worth thousands of dollars a piece. Yeah. And it was like something hurt him. And and this is like something that's going to come up down the road too because it's like there's some sort of intelligence with whatever's going on there. Wow. Um, so puppet it's, master. So yeah, it's so a it's like, master. Like something hurt him. And... Of course. Yeah. They get back. Um, they All four of them are missing. They can't find them anywhere. They're searching everywhere. God, that's that's crazy. And just on a whim, one of them peeks over the rails into an unused locked trailer, and all four bulls were stuffed into the trailer like sardines. Oh shit! Um, the trailer was locked, and as Terry noted, had cobwebs on the locked locks. <gasps> no. Yeah. Um, Terry knew that it would have been nearly impossible to coach even one of those large aggressive bulls into that small container, much less four huge aggressive beasts. And it was like when they opened it, all the cattle was dazed and confused like they were in a trance-like state. And slowly they come to realize that they're in this container as they're trying to like figure out how they're going to get them out of there. And they all get like super aggressive and agitated and... Yeah, that wasn't pretty. I can't even out. imagine. I can imagine that. Like trying to get those giant bulls out of there. My friend Kelly actually has horses. And she talks about trying to get them simply out of a horse trailer. Sometimes they could do okay. Other times it's a bitch to get it done. So I can't imagine. And those are horses. I'm talking, I'm, I can't imagine aggressive bulls trying to, f- realizing exactly where they're at and then trying to get them the, out of there. And realizing they're all like jam-packed in like <clears throat> oh, sardines God. into this thing. Yeah. So um, do they attack each other? I mean, you're like. Bitch, I don't the know bulls? anything about bulls. <laughs> no, I think they start like nipping at each other, okay. like because they were just like, "What the fuck? What am I doing?" And right. so it was like some of the stories I read. It wasn't very long between 
them leaving and coming back for it wasn't a long enough amount of time for somebody to be able to just put those bulls in there okay. that quickly especially like cobwebs on the fucking locks yeah her. so it was by magic like so, what how the hell walk through walls that's insane Ugh. All right, so there was also a predator-like being that tormented them, including um, a visitor that they had over for a weekend that has an experience and never returns. The being ran up to the visitor and roared so loud that it could be heard for miles, like in its face, like, just really ugly. In fear, he grabbed Rancher Terry and didn't want to let go. Needless to say, that person never comes back. What? Bye. Like, Bye, like, Ninja. I'm like, shit. <laughs> Hell no. See you later. You're another time, motherfucker. You come to my house. <laughs> I'm not going back there. Be tigers and bears. Rawr. Then there was also unusual flying craft that would be seen even, get this, a refrigerator-shaped object the size of an RV with a white light in the front and a red light in the back. Terry noticed out in the pasture, and he thinks it's a tourist that's lost. So he goes out there, and he tries to help him out. As he's pulling up, it freaking shoots straight up in the air and flies out of sight. That's insane! That's like Return to Witch Mountain insane. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's all I can think of is this big giant RV <laughs> just like... <laughs> that, was, that was a short bus of UFOs. <laughs> Oh my god um, all right and then i mentioned before um all the flying objects many of them were orbs um like floating spheres of light different sizes and colors and it wasn't just the shermans who noticed this visitors to the property reported 12 separate instance instances of these strange lights and i guess there were a neighbor there was a neighboring rancher who had similar sightings and the sightings like this okay. aren't just seen at the ranch this has been going on almost for like 50 years like oh. people seeing lights and orbs and everything else like that yeah in that area just in the general area so and and those things had already been documented there's also blue these blue orbs that are about the size of a basketball and these ones you know were scary <laughs> One night in May 1996, this is just a couple years later, okay. Terry was out with three of his cattle dogs when he noticed these fl- blue orbs flying around the house. And so he tells his dog to go after them. He encourages them. He's like, go get the ball. Why? What did the dog do? Well, he's going to regret it. The dogs chase it, snap at it, and it pretty much outmaneuvers them. Um, they chase it into the pasture, and then it leads them into like a copse of trees Basically, like, you just hear these dogs yelping in distress. Oh, like, no. That's something like f- something oh. terrible is happening that to is them. That is the worst sound of life. And then silence. Oh. All right. Terry Sherman is like, fuck that. Fuck those dogs. And he heads back home. <gasps> no. He said, fuck those dogs. Well, basically. All right. <laughs> I'm You're sorry. You're out alone at night. And, <laughs> yeah, so, I know. Uh, if it was my dog... But he's seen a whole lot of crazy shit going on in his ranch. Like, I so know, I can, girl, I, I, I can kind of. Like, I can understand it. His mentality at this. I time. can understand it, kind of. But girl, seriously, there was a drive by at my house, and my and Sergio ran, ran inside, and I was bent over reaching for Bella. I wouldn't go inside without him. He's like, "What the fuck, woman?" And he grabs me and yanks me inside as I have Bella in tow. Something tells me like there wasn't that kind of attachment to these dogs. Like um, they're cattle dogs. Like I don't know who's to, who's to say but like for him to 
or maybe it well, was I mean, just. I, I mean, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it, but I just love my. It dog. was just that fear-inducing that he was like, like um, fuck this shit. You're on your own. <laughs> I'm so I don't going think it was home. so much like, hey, you're on your own, but I'm not gonna go out there and die. Not because in the dark. You gone already. Not in the dark. Next morning, like, he wakes up and he goes and he looks for the dogs. What he finds is three spots. Of dried and brittle vegetation, and in the middle of each of these circles was a black and greasy lump. His dogs had been incinerated. No! What the actual fuck? That is fucking insane. No! Oh, poor puppies. Even if he went looking for them, there's a he good chance. He would have been a similar fourth spot. Yeah, those poor dogs. This along Aww. with... A myriad other things. Um, I re- really wish I could go into every single detail because they experienced so many different things. At this point, the especially the dog incident, they're like, fuck this. Let's get the fuck out of here. Oh, finally. Goddamn. Well, you know what? And I could see, you know, um, not that I could see because I'm a big chicken shit, but I could see the... Um, the crazy, you know, dumb and dumber refrigerator flying refrigerator. <laughs> I can see, you know, the trickster Loki, you know, paranormal activity inside their house. Uh, lights are shining. It's right. fine. Um, but something kill your dogs and or kill active life. That that that's something different. Well, they dealt with the cattle mutilations and yeah. all that stuff too. So they lost a lot of their cattle. But yeah, your dogs. Is it coming for you next? What the fuck? Because I can't imagine those dogs are cheap either. I mean, if you take the emotional attachment, which they didn't seem to have, or even if they did have an emotional attachment, not like he could have done a lot anyways. Right. Yeah. So anyways, they, uh... He's like, Mama, get the kids. Get them in the pickup. We's gone. (laughs) We's gone. The Shermans spent their last day on the ranch rounding up cattle. By late evening, they were bone tired. I bet. Um, they lock all the doors and saw their children to bed. And Gwen the closet. And- <laughs> they lock everything. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they lock everything. Sana, sana, colita de, de rana, rana, everything. <laughs> um, Gwen and Terry took hot showers and then they fell into a deep sleep. The next morning, they wake up and find that their sheets are covered in blood. <gasps> no, no, Alma. They both, each of them, have a one-eighth inch deep scoop mark in the same place on their right thumbs. So I guess that was the ranch's uh, way of saying goodbye. No, that's insane. A scoop in their thumb? In their thumb. They have a permanent hole? Yeah. <gasps> no. A- a- enough that's to like make them out. bleed all over their sheets. Like they wake up and they're like blood everywhere you know i think they were adopted by aliens that's just some freaky ass shit man well i mean that wouldn't surprise me with everything and there's also ufo sightings so who knows girl i don't know if i would have spent that night over there well this is when they wake up in the morning oh no so it's already pretty much happened it was their last night fuck that shit after their decision to sell didn't they have sage (laughs) i don't know but uh, you know if it was me I would have sage. I'd be growing sage around the house. There would be like freaking a salt circle all the way around the house. <laughs> You're like a little maze. Yeah. You put a blindfold on and you'd walk. You may no. not pass. <laughs> have you watched that bird box yet? Yes. Have you seen uh, it? Yes. I'm like, you'd have salt mazes. You put on a, a blindfold and you like, hold it onto a string. Oh my God. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah. I was surprised. I'm not sure about taking an eighth of your no. thumb. Can you imagine a good movie, raising but... kids with blindfolds? 
Girl. You know how hard it was already when you could have both of your goddamn minds to see? Like, no, okay, let's, we're getting off the weeds. I'm like weeds, totally but... laughing because I'm like, can you imagine how many people are now fucking the brightest of our population are going to name their kids boy and girl? Oh, my God. I guess it's better than Apple. You know, anything's better than Apple. <laughs> Unlike our heritage, that our kids have the longest, um, and so many multiple names <laughs> in regards to uh, yeah, names. Esperanza. Girl, my son's my son's name couldn't even fit on his social security card across once. They had to like shorten it, like Burley. How many middle names did you give him? I gave him one, but they're long names. <laughs> Hernandez is long. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I guess my my name is only like two syllables and four letters. <laughs> yeah, my grandson's middle name is Desiderio. Can you imagine his social security card? Be writing that for like four hundred days. Yeah, exactly. It's been ninety three. That's years. several. That's several. Uh, <laughs> that's too long for me. Well, there's. I've got. Never mind. All right, let me get back to my story. Oh yeah. So, anyways, they of course they've already made this decision to sell out. Um, Terry had fallen into a conversation with a group of Ute Indians who'd worked at a local water department, and the Indians told Terry that they had formed a pool to take bets on how long the Shermans oh, would last at the no, ranch. Oh, they did it! Yes, motherfuckers. But oh well, it's funny. Um, the longest guess was a year and a half, and the Shermans lasted two years. Damn. Oh, good for you, Shermans. You should collect all that money. Exactly. Because they're going to need it. No shit. <laughs> At the suggestion of several different researchers um, that they had already spoken to, they decided to sell the ranch to Robert Bigelow, who at the time um, was a Las Vegas millionaire who himself already had invested a ton of money into UFO-related research and had formed Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. I think it was a longer name than that because the acronym is BASS, but apparently I I left a word out of here. In September of 1996, the deal's finalized and he buys the ranch for less than the Shermans paid for it. Really? So they take a loss on top of everything I bet. I mean, how could you not take a loss on that, right? Right. Um, But he's a millionaire. But he's but oh well. there's a reason why he's a millionaire. He's yeah. cheap as fuck, too. Yeah. He also sells him a select herd of cattle, and he himself is hired on as an overseer. Um, talking about Terry Sherman. So, and which pretty much bars him from making any further statements about what goes on in the ranch. Really? Yeah. Bigelow puts together a top-notch team of scientists, experts from every field of engineering, physics, non-lethal military weapons... Uh, sociology, veterinary science, molecular biology, and forms the National Institute for Discovery Science, NIDS for short, and IDS. NADS? NIDS. NIDS. Go NADS. NADS. You're going to need some. Oh, shit. (laughs) They turn the ranch into a paranormal laboratory and fence it off from the public. They put keep out signs everywhere, no trespassing, like they pretty much padlock every gate they the have ranches, laser beams you know I, <laughs> they, might. they might he's a millionaire <laughs> he's a millionaire um so i guess there was some talk and conspiracy theories that nids was up front for the cia and that was fueled by the addition of retired army colonel john alexander apparently oh. he had just left his position as a director of non-lethal weapons testing in los alamos national uh, just to join them it's insane yeah and there was a few other things like there's there was a ton of conspiracy theories and i'm not really gonna get into that like i'm just gonna lay out all the events 
that happened there. So Nids is there and they witness a lot of the same anomalies and the Sher- that the Shermans dealt with, but the activity seemed to always be a step ahead of them. So far ahead of them that the Nids team isn't able to record or measure their findings often. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, as scientists, they had to be frustrated. You need to be able to recreate this over right. and over again to get any kind of you know, consensus and be able to say this is this and this is that, you know what I mean? But they did feel that there was some sort of intelligence behind the events that they witnessed and they would comment that it felt like that they were being hunted rather than being the hunters and also that they were being observed. It's a devil, Alma. I'm telling you, (laughs) it's the devil. Okay. There's George Knapp. He's a respected journalist um, who's well known for his his work on another uniform... UFO story that brought him both fame and disdain from his fellow journalists, and he joins the team. Okay. So he's there, and he's written about it extensively. Um, he still speaks, speaks about his exper- experiences often, like he's been uh, a guest on different shows about Skinwalker Ranch, and... Is he the one with the crazy hair? He's got whitish... Who's the guy with the crazy hair? Maybe him? Who's the guy who's always talking about paranormal anything? Are, are you talking about ancient aliens? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're he, like, he's not, he's anywhere not near even this. close <laughs> to the ranch. They might have talked to, about it before on one of their shows, but yeah, he's not. Because he, he seems to be with. involved in almost everything. Yeah. No. Okay. Not on this. Not on this. So they there's... said, good day, sir. Good <laughs> fucking day. day. Take your hair. Take you and your hair and move on. So there's him. Anyways, most immediately he has his own experiences with glowing orbs. Um, two groups were stationed in different areas of the ranch to watch for activity. As Knapp's group waited for something to happen, they saw a bright yellow orb of light shoot out from behind the ridge. It moved silently but swiftly at the speed of a jet airplane. To their amazement, it circled in a perfect 360-degree loop before shooting back across the ridge. Because it happened so unexpectedly, they didn't uh, really get to pro- properly of course, document. Of course not. Um, the, the pictures that they got were pretty blurry. Like, it just it just happened too quick. Why don't they have a camera on all the time? Well, they have cameras everywhere. There's yeah. a, That's a whole other thing. And it was I, yellow, not blue, right? Right. And then in 1997, the activity ramps up. There were more livestock mutilations, and in the middle of an intense snowstorm, three calves were found with odd wounds on their ears and eyes. Two of the calves had circular spots cut out of their eyelids, while the third calf's ears had been shredded. That's crazy. As cut w- Why do they have calves there? Didn't they Didn't they get the information from the people well, before oh, that? Oh, yeah. I, I thought I had wrote that down. So apparently, like, he, like, um, and part of the whole purchase of the farm okay he sells them select a select number of cattle that's just mean yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) but they need like they need something like they need a control subject they need something to recreate what was happening to the shermans at the farm but these things have no control it's just i know i know coming from the person who eats beef all the time but still it's just me <laughs> hamburgers are good yeah. all right tacos are fine 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 the vet- holes in the eyes yeah the veterinarians called to inspect them and finds that the injuries are strange especially considering that they occurred during the midst of a major s- snowstorm um, typically natural predators such as coyotes and wolves they don't hunt in such dire weather conditions did they so- ever see that big fat wolf well, I should, I- I shouldn't say it was fat, but did they ever see that big ass wolf come back? 
<laughs> Apparently, there was a few other sightings, and I didn't, like, I wanted to put them in here, but they're long stories, so. All right. Did they have, yeah. like, tufts of hair gone? Yeah. No, I don't, not that they said, because okay. I saw them from di- a distance. Anyways, this cattle, cattle mutilation thing happens again in broad daylight. The NIDS team flew in from Nevada after receiving a call from Sherman, and um, they're shocked at what they see. They 85-pound dead calf was spayed out, nearly spread eagle. One of its legs had been yanked from the knee socket with brute force and was placed away from the body as though it were staged. Oh, no. All the calf's internal organs were missing and the body was entirely drained of blood. There was so much, there wasn't so much as a drop of blood on or around the body. That calf was, or that calf was insinuated than vampire? Yeah, and I apparently... But all the organs are missing. That's insane. Yeah. So the team veterinarian inspects the calf coming upon a strange discovery. One of the calf's ears was missing. It had been cut neatly down to the skull, not torn off. If a predator had done this, the flesh would have been ragged and ripped. But this one was removed with surgical precision. Can't even talk today. Um, <laughs> it's wine, wine, it's the, wine. Yeah, it's wine time. Knapp also comments on how strange the dogs behaved around the ranch when they're all there. Uh, instead of greeting with wagging tails, they cower in their pens. Aww. Something's messing with them and they're all traumatized. Right. So later that night, the dogs start barking and howling like crazy. And the researchers check the area, but they couldn't figure out what was going on. So they jump into the farm truck and begin scouring the area. Um, using a spotlight, they inspect everywhere, and they can't find anything until they come upon some some trees. There's a cow under the trees, separated from the herd, and they say that, you know, the fact that it's separated from the herd is a sign of distress, and especially the way they found it. Um, when the men got out of the truck to check on her, their lights caught the glow of amber eyes in the tree above the cow. Oh, no. Thinking it was a large cat, they shot the beast with a high-powered rifle. The second the shot rang out, the amber eyes disappeared, and when they searched the area, they could find no trace of the beast. It was a, as though the dis- it disappeared before their eyes. Oh, my God. That's insane. No, this is more insane. They searched the area, and they find something creepy. Instead of a cat footprint, they found what appeared to be the print of a giant bird of prey. No. Is it yeah. a dinosaur? Something like that. It was nearly six inches in diameter with two sharp claw marks protruding from the rear. That's insane. Alarmed, they searched the area further and found another uh, single print 20 feet away. But the depth of the print, they, they judged that the animal was very large and very heavy, unlike anything that they'd ever seen on the ranch. Okay. So I'm going to interrupt you for a moment. Have you seen Up? Seen what? Up. The movie Up. The cartoon Up. Yeah. A long time ago. It has a floating house. It has anchors and it has a giant <laughs> bird. Up, up, and away. So maybe. Oh, does it have Bigfoot? It has a giant bird. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, where was I? I mentioned about the bulls being okay. locked in the trailer. And I guess this happened sometime during the time when Nids, the Nids team was already around. And once they unloaded the bulls, they inspected the corral with their equipment. And to their amazement, they discovered that the bars of the corral were highly magnetized. Really? Yeah. The readings were especially high near the area where the trailer butted against the fence. The fence. Interesting. <laughs> and this magnetism was also found to be affecting other animals around the ranch, including the dogs. So they decided that they're going to keep a close eye on the dogs. You think maybe there's a hum with that magma- magnetism? Uh, they don't mention it, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe. 
Um, they constructed several pens around the property, built platforms where they could observe the activity, and almost immediately, strange things began happening to the pens themselves. Padlocks would disappear, gates would open out of their own accord, um, with no explanation regarding how it happened. Wow, so I know all kind of kidding aside, it almost seemed like the actual ranch itself was alive. Yeah, from top to bottom, like everywhere. Yeah. Okay, so I know this is running along. There's a really so much that happens that I'm not going to be able to get into it all here. So, um, but I did want to get into this one phenomena because okay. it freaks me out. Oh, no. So one of the NIDS teams is observing the ranch from the top of the bluff nearby, and they notice a faint yellow light that appears about 150 feet away. One of them grabs his binoculars, and what he sees through those binoculars stuns him into silence as the yellow light grows larger and transforms into a tunnel. In panic, he says... Something is in the tunnel. Oh, no. So imagine that looking off in the, the distance and you see this light and you look through these binoculars and you see up close that it's forming this tunnel. As he's watching, oh. a black, faceless, humanoid form begins to lumber out of the tunnel and walks away no. into the night. So, you know, they're like, fuck, we're sharing the same night with this this creature out here. We don't know what the fuck it is. Oh, no. And the light itself... The tunnel, this weird interdimensional like Tun yeah tunnel portal, just slowly fades and disappears. That's insane. That that would freak me the fuck out. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So they end up spending the night searching for any signs of this creature that comes out of there, and they can't you, find a damn thing. And I gotta say that all these whole nid teams, the people that are there, you know, they have fucking, they have big ginormous fucking balls and agrees there these aren't these aren't wh whack job people these are no. people that have like no serious, and i get that they're smart and they're curious degrees. and stuff like that but i mean every person even and, the smartest person in the world is going to be scared at some point in right time. and they're and but they're all reporting these incidents that's insane the activity continues into 1999 they still saw strange or strange orb lights and they never really fully capture them on camera. The researchers begin finding other cameras dismantled or missing altogether. Wow. The entities were not only elusive, but they were knowledgeable about technology. <laughs> like I said before, it displays some sort of intelligence. Not right. some sort of, like, actual intelligence. Actual intelligence, intelligence yeah. yeah. A researcher commented that it isn't as simple as saying that the ETs or flying saucers are doing it. It's some kind of consciousness. It's always something new and different, something non-repeatable. It's reactive to people and equipment. We set up on the ranch to be proving ground for the scientific method, but science doesn't seem amenable to the solution of these kinds of problems. Wow, that's insane. Finally, regarding the Bigfoot. Okay. All right, so I wanted to mention this because when I was doing the Skinwalker research... This kept popping up as well on that. that. So this like sent me down the whole rabbit hole of the Skinwalker Ranch thing. But like I said, it was a big story. Um, in August 1977, Jay Barker and a group of friends and family hiked the high. This is way before anything else. Um, hiked the high Uintah Mountains, hoping to catch fish in the Cooper Basin. After having dismal results, he suggested they climb the ridge and go down to Fish Lake. They climbed the ridge. He looked down and saw something that was black and white. Initially, he thought it was an elk, but as he watched it stand upright, he realized that he was looking at a bipedal creature. It had a black body, but had white hair on the back of its neck. As it walked around the pond, they could see it swinging its arms and swinging and walking upright on two legs. That's insane. 
Holy shit. Yeah. So add to that all the strange shit going on around the ranch. By 2002, the paranormal activity at Skinwalker Ranch had begun to decline. And by the year's end, they reached the point where the National Institute for Science Discovery decided it was no longer financially feasible to keep a full-time crew of researchers on the premises. Scientists continued making visits and recording incidents up until about 2007, at which time they noted the pattern of unusual activity had begun to increase once again. Really? Yeah. They they end up selling the ranch. Really? Um, yeah. The ranch was sold by Bigelow to a private corporation, get this, called Adamantium Real Estate. No! LLC in 2016. Comb Kelleher and George Knapp author a book together, Hunt for the Skinwalkers, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah. It's made its way into popular shows. Popular shows like Ghost Adventures. I remember seeing this uh, episode. I do remember this, but like vaguely, so I probably fell asleep while I was watching it. Um, do you remember that show Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura? Yeah. It was out a few years ago. Yeah. He did a thing on this too. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, there's multiple YouTube videos and articles on the internet. Like you can go down the same rabbit hole as I did. And just recently there was a special called Hunt for the Skinwalker. And I watched that on Amazon. Me and Albert both watched that together like a few months ago. It was pretty good. And George Knapp is featured prominently in there as well. There is also a Skinwalker movie out there from 2013 called Skinwalker Ranch, of course. Okay. But it's mostly a fictional account based, quote unquote, on true events. Loosely based on true events, yeah. Yeah, but like I was watching, I haven't watched it. I watched a trailer on it and I was like, okay. You're like, uh, no. I'm only, I I actually want to watch it out of curiosity, but it looks like it's just like more of a, a scare scare thriller yeah anyways that was my story on skinwalker ranch so what so does that corporation that they sold it to still own the property now yeah and actually this uh search for the skinwalker they kind of did a little thing on them like the the owner actually was interviewed but like his face they didn't show his face okay so that was interesting too so did they say like those type of events like because i mean you're apparently stuff is still happening really yeah and I wonder if it's to the extent that it was when the um, family was there or when the researchers were there. I have no idea because you think like if this was owned by another couple like from the 30s on down, but they never really mentioned any of the things yeah. that were going on around there, like which has led some people to speculate that the um, Shermans were were cutting their losses and like making shit up because. Yeah, but. In all honesty, but, though, why would they have why would they have the corporation or the scientists and the researchers yeah, there that, for well, so the, the long? Research, well, the researchers obviously saw, saw that and thought that there was something behind this, and they themselves had experiences there. So unless it's a huge roundabout conspiracy that the Shermans did it, and then this new, um, and then this new science research because they didn't want to be embarrassed because right. they well, were yeah, took. And you think about it's all kind of like just this silly. other couple, like the older couple, like. Back in them days, you didn't talk about that kind of no. stuff without, you know, like people talking and thinking you're crazy. So they probably just kept it to themselves. Definitely. I mean, obviously they had these big dogs. Right. For a reason. There was padlocks in the fucking house for a reason. Right. Something was going on there. Kind of makes you wonder and be more curious on what kind of experiences they had right. compared to what the Shermans had or what these researchers had simply because um, they had all these locks. Right. And if that doesn't keep you out obviously since they got a scoop of thumb 
from the Shermans, then they got their not pound of flesh, ounce of flesh, something of flesh. <laughs> so yeah, that was the story. Well, that was a great story, Alma. Yeah, there was so I much. There was so much that I left out of it. Honestly, like you know, if you guys want to know more about Skinwalker Ranch, there is plenty online. There's plenty oh, of I'm sure. videos, so go check it out. I might put some links up for you guys. Definitely. Anyways, that's all I got. Oh, well, that's awesome. I liked it. It was fun. <laughs> I'm a little drunk. I don't want to go there. Just a little bit. Tipsy? A little. Oh. Tipsy tails. There you go. <laughs> you have anything else to add? No, tonight? I think that's about it, girl. I'm... I'm good. <laughs> I don't even, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I enjoyed the story. I, uh, I'm glad we're back. Right. That's me too. It's a lot too. of fun. I know. Number two. This is Missed our um, episode 21. Venting sessions prior to uh, the start of all, every one of these podcasts. Exactly. Like I said, it's our, uh, it's our wine therapy. Yahoo. Wine therapy sessions are cheap, actually. Yeah. I'm going to say they are. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us. Have a great week. Um, we're recording this on Monday, so we're hoping that you have a great week. We'll see you. You'll hear this next Tuesday, and I think we're out. All right. Good night. Thanks, guys. You have a good one. I'm Yvette. I'm Mama. This is Tipsy Tales. Good night. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tipsy Tales. Music by Jesse Biscata. Artwork by Sergio Hernandez. And if you're listening on iTunes, please don't forget to rate and review. Thanks.